Welcome back to another episode of Jay Crypto. Today I'm joined here by Steve. Steve, uh, Steve, I saw your Zoom name is is Steve Christmas. Is that your actual last name? Uh, it's not my actual last name. It's my alias, but uh, Christmas because it's Chris. It's close to Christmas. So yes. Steve is also the founder of a really cool company that's doing some very exciting stuff. And we're going to educate, we're, we're going to work together, me and Steve, to try to educate on some really cool concepts, including um, hemp being involved in real estate, crypto, and then obviously the real estate side of what, you know, carbon credits and real estate can kind of offer. And we're, we're both, we're both learning, but Steve offers some really great expertise in hemp real estate and talking to him, I was very surprised. And I did my research after talking to him and a lot of what he's saying is very accurate. So Steve, thanks so much for joining the uh, channel today, man. Hey, Jay, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. So I wanted to talk about hemp. I want to talk about carbon credits. I want to talk about crypto and how they're all related. And just to give like a broad picture, you know, Steve's real estate developer. And essentially what a, what a general picture for the audience could look like, and obviously there's a lot of bumps or not bumps, but hurdles and learning to go with it. But I think a vision that excites us about this could be something like building like real estate developments with hemp because of the efficiency and the cost. And we'll get into that. And they could give off if you're potentially an investor in them, rental cash flow and potentially carbon credit cash flow which is super exciting because on my channel, we've talked about how profitable carbon credits are speculated to be and the demand that's increasing in that sector. But um, me and Steve have been working together, researching stuff, so we wanted to bring you the best. But let's begin with the history of hemp because this really changed my outlook on where real estate is going when I talked to Steve and learned a little bit about hemp. So like when we think about hemp, you know, or, or when we think about cannabis and weed, you know, there's all that THC and the, the drug side, the medical side of it. But what's really interesting to me is how hemp can be used for real estate, the history of hemp and, and how hemp can be actually better to build real estate, man. So I just want to give you the floor and kind of give the history of hemp. Let's try to depict that and show the value of where hemp and real estate can be going married together. So hemp is, um, a lot of people get hemp confused with marijuana. So that's the cousin of the hemp plant. So marijuana, as we know, um, has a high THC content. It's the psychoactive uh, plant. Okay, so hemp, agricultural hemp, industrial hemp is different, totally different than uh, the marijuana plant. Okay, so um, we've been using hemp for thousands of years, ever since uh, humans um, cultivated and agriculture. Um, it's been used, uh, they've seen it in um, the history in, um, in China, in India, uh, in their pottery. They found uh, hemp seed, oil, and uh, in their foods. Um, it's been used for everyday life, um, clothing, ropes, um, uh, canvas, sails. Uh, um, there's, there's a whole list. Any, anything can be used and made from hemp. Um, so the history, uh, going back to America, in the 1760s, George Washington actually um, 
was growing hemp in, in America. Um, he used it for his uh, fishing uh, operations in, in, uh, to mend his fishing nets, uh, rope, cells, canvas, clothing. And he wanted it planted everywhere on all his farms, wherever, um, uh, wherever his farmland was not used for other purposes. Um, and even the British uh, commissioned American farmers to grow hemp on, you know, on their fields. Um, so, so like, why, why did, why did that? Okay. So first of all, what I understand from talking to you previously and what the, it could give the audience value, hemp is a very strong material. It's very useful for many different reasons. It's environmentally more friendly than what we're currently using for a lot of things. Why did we stop using hemp for industrial purposes? So for industrial purposes, um, in the U.S., let's just categorize it there, just in case it's been used in other places. Nylon industry, and here's an example. There was a study done in uh, by the USDA in 1916, which um, showed that hemp produces uh, four times more paper per acre than trees. Okay, that's one example. So. You have the paper industry, you have the uh, plastic and the nylon industry, and these companies basically um, got together and pushed out the hemp industry so they could profit off of their businesses. Uh, make bioplastic out of hemp, biodegradable uh, plastic. This could solve all our problems that we have. <laughs> That's how it I understand it. Literally, literally, this hemp plant can uh, we can make everything out of it. Henry Ford made uh, built the Model T um, out of hemp um, fiber uh, for the body of the Model T. So, I mean, this goes deep into our American history. Uh, it goes, it has roots like like I said from the, uh, the beginning of mankind, the beginning of civilization. I mean, the Indians uh, in India they call it the sacred uh, the sacred grass. Persians, they called it the king of seeds. Um, that's why it's uh, sometimes referred to uh, by us as God's plant. Um, like there's so many endless possibilities with hemp and that people don't realize. Um, and that's why I believe it was uh, basically, there was phases. It started in phases of how it got outlawed. So um when we had the, uh, let's see, let's go back to see where I want to start with it. It started, they got started taxing. That's how they started the Marijuana Tax Act of uh, 1957 is when they started taxing the crop heavily. So it made it harder for these uh, hemp farmers to produce. And you had a lot of um, hemp uh, factories that went out of business. They went bankrupt. Um, and then they introduced in, uh, in 1970, uh, the drug war started, uh, the war on drugs and the controlling, uh, control substance act of, uh, 1970, um, put hemp agricultural hemp, which has, uh, no, less, or no, no psychoactive ingredient on the same. Uh, class uh, schedule one class act as say uh, heroin and uh, LSD. So they 
were able to um, take the hemp agricultural aspect also and combine it with marijuana. Yeah. And, and that, was, that was to essentially keep the paper, the nylon, the plastic um, industries, industries afloat and not oh. disrupted by this. So they kept hemp down with all that to kind of, they spun the, the drug narrative, if you will, to Correct. kind of get hemp out of, out of those things. So there was probably some lobbying going on by those bigger, you know, other, other industries to, to influence that. And now we just can't influence hemp away because it is too valuable of a resource for the environment, for infrastructure. And if we could, could kind of give a picture too, because when we think of real estate, I have a real estate background, obviously you're a real estate developer. What's the, like, if we took a house made of hemp and then a house made of all the things that we use currently, plaster, drywall, things of that nature, is there any deficiencies? Like does hemp really meet the code? Is hemp strong enough to build a house? Things of that nature. So in Europe, they've been building hemp homes. Uh, for a long time. It was never outlawed in, in Europe. Mm. Um, and there's even hemp homes made in Canada. There is some hemp homes here uh, because in 2018, Donald Trump actually signed the farm bill, the 2018 farm bill, and he uh, took it off that schedule one uh, agricultural hemp. He took it off that uh, class one, uh, schedule one drug. Mm. Um, now we're able to actually grow hemp uh in the united states some states are more active like the state of ohio uh kentucky uh they're more active actually ohio had their first harvest uh of 2020 last year that was the first harvest so there's a surplus of hemp being grown because a lot of people got into the cbd craze right. so they um there, there was a there's an oversupply but getting back into real estate i mean that uh hemp can be used i mean a lot of hemp can be used to build build homes so going back to that you were you were asking me um is it efficient is it does it cost the same so right now uh the building standards meet and exceeds our current building standards in the u.s yeah and we have we can prove that uh, but a lot of the local officials uh, in the cities, the uh, planning departments, they are they don't know because we haven't been growing hemp, uh, growing hemp, and we haven't been constructing buildings out of out of hemp for all these years. So, um, the cost of of to build a a uh, hemp home right now is is uh, pretty much the same. Uh, almost the same because you're reducing, you don't need to use lumber, that much lumber. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't need to use insulation. You don't need to use drywall if you don't want to. Because um, literally these hemp blocks are the best, most insulated and, and most efficient building. 70% of your cooling and heating costs will be uh, saved. Yeah. Fireproof. That's, um, that's a big thing. I just want to reiterate that for the audience, 70% of your heating and cooling costs will be saved. So that's making it more affordable to own a hemp home as well as build it 
potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you were talking about revenue streams from uh, different ways that you could do in the in the real estate of uh, building a hemp home. Um, the, I'm I'm looking at issuing carbon credits. Yeah. Just by just by the savings, like you can sell the carbon credits back to your electric or your utility company. Right. That's Every, cool. That's really cool, man. You know. So. Um, there's so many different different things going on in the background. And I think as more and more people are, are aware and as these homes get built, um, I, I think it's, it, this, this is huge. Yeah, this, I, do, I, I do too, man. So like hemp exceeds our standards for building. It's way more efficient. And there's potential of actually producing income through not only rental income, if you're like a developer and you have either you know, townhomes or even potentially a, a whole hemp complex uh, that's right. producing rental cash flow, but you're also potentially creating those carbon credit cash flows. And we're looking, me and Steve are looking into this right now. Steve is looking into it, obviously, to, to manifest this. And I'm looking into it as a potential, you know, this would be a cool thing to store some value in, right? Make some extra carbon credit cash flow with some rental cash flow. But, um, yeah, so it was really aligned. And that's why I was so blessed to have Steve reach out to me. So quickly, um, on the hemp and carbon credit relationship, the way I understand it, Steve, is essentially, if we go, if we go take a step back, where's the hemp coming from? It's coming from these farms. So what I've also learned about hemp from you and from research, is that even the farmers using hemp to essentially you know, if they're creating other crops and then boom, one year, instead of creating the same crops and, you know, taking all those nutrients out of the soil, if they start growing hemp or cycle it in, it's creating carbon credits. It's better for their soil. It's restoring nutrients into the soil. Is that, is, is that correct too? That's correct. I mean, that's, there's, we can get carbon credits from the ground up. There's so many um, cycles of carbon credit that can be used just in hemp alone. I, be, I believe that hemp is the, the ultimate like uh carbon credit provider uh like <laughs> sounds like it man they literally make everything but your ground is is uh you it's pest uh it's pest resistant you don't need to use uh the hemp plant itself it's like a weed killer it'll kill other weeds as it grows um your soil is going to be a lot better i've spoken to a, a farmer that he actually um they had issues with with the soil with all the pesticides coming from the farm next to him and the water would just wash into his property so it contaminates his soil yeah so um there by growing you know hemp and hemp grain and if the animals eat this 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 hemp grain it's like organic food yeah for the uh in return the animals are, are, uh, are healthier and then we're eating this meat and we're eating healthier meat. So in return, we're, we're healthier as well. And it's, it's like a rotational crop. Like you said, um, yeah. it'll it, it, like, like George Washington, he, uh, he grew it, he had it grown everywhere where, you know, other crops or other plants could not be grown because, you know, that's what, uh, hemp is a weed right so it'll it'll grow in other climates or other um harsher environments where other crops cannot grow 
So that's why it's so um, such a beneficial crop, like even for farmers, like to get carbon credits just through growing hemp. In return, buy us with the product needed to build homes, um, even turn it into bioplastics. I mean, that's a whole other uh, the whole other thing. Like if we have uh, plastics made out of hemp, if it go, finds its way into the ocean, doesn't matter. It'll disintegrate. It doesn't affect anybody. There's a problem solved. Huge, huge, huge problem. And and if it's true that along the way we're restoring, we're creating carbon credits to build to building these bottles of hemp, if it's potentially cheaper and more efficient to to grow, if you will, than than creating plastic bottles, then it's a no brainer to use it. And 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 there's ways to maximize profit along the way. So Correct. it's, it's, it's really, and it's only possible. And me and you talk about this and then I'm going to go to a quick sponsor and then we'll get into the crypto side of what me and you are discussing, but it's only possible in, in my opinion. And we've talked about this because of the mandates by governments and the popularization for consumer demand and investment into environmental initiatives. I mean, putting, making a carbon credit system is still early, it's still relatively new, and it allows these renewable energy, these um, you know, even, even hemp initiatives to have another source of income. Because whenever you're doing something that's good for the environment, you're creating a carbon credit, and the people that need to buy those carbon credits are the companies that are emitting carbon and doing something that is considered not good for the environment. So they are gonna have to support these companies that are doing things good for the environment by creating the carbon credits. And that makes that incentivizes these companies doing something good for the environment because now they can be profitable, which they really couldn't uh, before because of inefficiencies in tech, you know, that are still growing and it'll take time for these renewable energy companies to be truly profitable by themselves as tech evolves and things of that nature. So it's like this perfect storm for carbon credits to be used as a midterm play to switch over to green. Is that how you understand it? Or would you like to that's, add anything to that? That's correct. That's hundred percent, hundred percent correct. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, going back into like the, how much carbon hemp can actually store. I did some like calculations of some studies that were done yeah. on a, a building. Uh, so say like, for every 11 square feet of block or uh, building material they use, um, you pretty much get store about 78 pounds of CO2. Oh, okay. Okay, I just found this out today, actually. <laughs> I was looking at, looking at uh, running some numbers. So say, say you build a, a building, like a condo, it's 1,240 square feet. Yeah. Um, averages around four to four and a half tons of CO2. Yeah. Stored. So that's a lot of carbon. Like, I mean, in, in, in uh, hemp, it will get harder over time. The structure will actually harden over time. Yeah. The line in the hemp herd. So your building will actually, um, It'll stand for like fifteen hundred years. I mean, there's still structures, there's bridges, and in, in, uh, from the Roman era, 
that are, are still standing that are made out of hemp. So, I mean, it's a very good source of uh, carbon credits, in my opinion. But I haven't seen anybody talking about that. Yeah, man, that's why I, I wanted you to come on so we could discuss that. And I think what the bigger, the biggest, one of the biggest questions in the room for, for myself, and I'm not sure if you've been able to find this out yet, but will the, will there be potential for residuals for carbon credits for somebody that owns one of these hemp homes to continuously create and sell them to their energy or utility companies, or will it just be a one-time deal? Um, I think there's, or like you said, um, residual income yeah you're saving 70 percent a month in your heating and uh cooling costs yeah. i don't see not sell back those credits to the energy company and if it improves the quality of the building then that's just a win-win and for for many reasons, of course, but I feel like the government would want to incentivize that if the buildings are going to be more solid, more efficient, and better for the environment over time. So it is interesting. We talked about how Europe's already doing this, and I'm just going to cut to a quick one-minute sponsorship, Steve, because this NFT company is actually has some really cool plans. They're building. They're building. They're from France. They're building a NFT project that aims to become a metaverse as well, their very own metaverse. And they're doing some really cool tech and the team behind it is really interesting. So let me just share my screen for about 30 seconds here and show you what is going on. And then we're gonna get into some other cool things. So this is the NFT project that's being built on Cardano. It's called Metadams. One thing that's, and these are what they look like. The timer for this, it's around six days and three hours left. And the one thing I just wanted to point out, their metaverse plans are a longer term thing. But if you look at the team, they have some really cool people on their team, including Martin, who actually builds 3D designs for concept cars. So I just wanted to show you some of the cars that he currently builds. And I think that this is important because when we look at NFT projects, it's rare to find some real 3D uh, expertise behind the project. So this really stuck out to me. I just wanted to put this on people's radar. I'm going to put the link in the description below and the, and the mint of their second wave, they started with a thousand NFTs, but their second wave begins next Friday. So in about six days, definitely want to check this out. It's, it's, it's a sponsored ad read, but it's a project that I've talked to the team. I really think it's one of the more legitimate teams I've been able to talk to in this space. So just real quick, um, back to the interview. Steve, I wanted to transition a bit into, first of all, let's just go to your you know, page here because I wanted to show where people can follow you. It's called Exclusive Hemp Co. So I wanted to transition back to you because I wanted to talk about how you got involved in potentially thinking about the blockchain and things of that nature. Sure. I mean, uh, tokenization. Um, I was looking into that before, just um, just in my real estate development, just to switch over to uh, tokenization. I don't know if uh, you want to explain that to your audience, what that is, or yeah, for sure. So the way that I've seen real uh, real estate tokenization take place is it's a new concept. 
I think a lot of experiments are being run. You know, it's funny. I'll share my screen one more time because there was a really cool one that I wanted to show you where people are trying to buy up and fractionalize. Look at this title here. And I'll put this link in the description, Steve, how we're going to buy Michael Jordan's house. So they're talking about how they're going to buy it through potentially creating either a DAO that everybody could just, you know, purchase shares in, and then they would use that revenue to buy Michael Jordan's house. But I've also seen fractionalization take place um, or the idea or concept of it with like NFTs that fractionalize specific shares, which gives you a little bit more creativity in, in terms of um, instead of tokens, because the difference between a fungible token and a non-fungible token, is, in my opinion, is the specificity. So if you wanted to give somebody a 20% share of a property and you wanted to give everyone else a 5% share, you might need an NFT to do that instead of fungible tokens, especially if there's certain privileges given to the person that has a higher percentage. Or you could create a fungible token that represents a real estate development or property. And we've seen that done with fungible tokens through companies like Realty, who have been able to purchase properties in uh, Michigan and basically sell them and then every and then rent them out. And then every time that they get the rental income, it gets distributed to your share of fungible tokens and it goes directly to your wallet. Now, the uh, after expenses, of course, because the difficult part with maybe the first concept of everyone owning a DAO that owns Michael Jordan's house, the reason why it hasn't sold, in my opinion, after watching videos on it is because there's a lot of taxes and upkeep and expenses associated with that property, which is maybe why other celebrities have stayed away from it. So obviously you need some kind of way to give that fractional ownership while being transparent about the expenses in place and having ways to pay for those expenses. Um, it's a really, it's a really big passion of mine because I think real estate is one of the core in, uh, investments of a, of a well, of a wealth portfolio. If you're really trying to go for wealth, it just gives you a lot of advantages. I think the only thing about fractionalization is how it's done is important too, because there's certain tax advantages that you can do with real estate. And if you just create a REIT, or you create more of a, you know, like a REIT, right? You're just distributing shares of a property. Some of those tax advantages could potentially be void the same way as if we invested in, in a stock of a REIT. So I think the more real it becomes and the more alike it becomes to owning actual real estate and equity in a, in a building, the better for the investors and the higher quality of the project. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, um... Every wealthy person has his hands in real estate one way or another. And I think this, this uh, opens up the doors for uh, just anyone to be a real estate investor, just owning a piece of a, a property that's producing a lot of uh, passive income or you know rental income. And then you mix in the carbon credits. That's an additional uh, income source. I mean, there's uh, possibilities are endless. And if you move into one of these homes or you buy one of these homes, you can actually potentially um, sell the carbon credits to your utility company. So I don't know how this is going to play out, but there's so many ways. Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? About, yeah, man. I've thought even about like 
NFT projects backing their NFTs with carbon credits. You know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting preserve of wealth. I think like there's two real camps that are retail investors and carbon credits. I feel from just talking to people, there's the camp of, okay, right now voluntary carbon credits are relatively cheap. This is making it easier for companies to put out you know, carbon into the atmosphere, which is bad for the environment. Our way of buying carbon credits is strictly to support creating a higher price of these carbon credits. And then there's the camp of myself, which I'm like thinking about my family and where to put my money and, and make a return on investment. And I think that I, I want to increase my wealth through investing in carbon credits because I believe that the carbon credits will go up. And if it's great for the environment too, that's that's awesome. But I'm very transparent with my audience. I'm not the hugest environmental guy. It's just truly where the puck is going is there's a popularness in carbon credits because of the environmental aspect. There's mandates happening. So obviously it has a lot of legs. Yeah. Yeah, that's why hemp is like just the way um, it's the most efficient way, in my opinion, to even build a, a building. You know, like look at fireproof, uh, mold uh, resistant, uh, pest resistant. I mean, why would you want to live in any other home? Right. I mean, like, uh, I mean, it's uh, insulated very well. Right. You're saving a lot of money in in uh, it's, it comes down to the cost, too. But it's like at the same time, you're just benefiting the whole world. It solves the whole world's problems. Um, doesn't matter what race or color you are. Yep. Uh, by you know what I mean? Like you could live. Uh, why live uh, in another different way? I mean, uh, you know, when there's better options out there, more efficient options, and it doesn't even cost more than a traditional building, a traditional home. So like it will, the cost will go down as, as more, as this concept gets more awareness in the U S too, because like you said, there's still a lot of importing of the hemp potentially from Europe or the bill is coming from Europe. Uh, most of it, some of Canada, uh, we start, there's so many different ways to build a hemp home. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way it was, we're using blocks. So it's a, a, I believe in my opinion, it's the most efficient way to even build. Yeah. So you're saving a lot in lumber, like you're using very little lumber. Like I said, insulation, you don't need um, drywall. You don't need, I mean, uh, there's, there's so many, so much, and uh, all those materials that you're saving also contributes to not putting carbon out in the air either, right. like less, material, less cost. And when we have this equipment here that actually makes those blocks, the most efficient way to build the cost is going to go down to even build. I'm thinking about 20% reduction in building costs once we get it here in the U S. So once you dial in a system, That's exciting, how, man. yeah, so it's, there's so many things happening right now. And uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get complied, uh, meet compliance with these um, carbon credit. Things yeah, of that correct. Get direct. So that's like Vera golden. That takes some time too. 
Yeah, man. Well, hey, Steve, you know what? Uh, I just want to show you one more quick thing because I'm now a CA on Project Catalyst. And I think we will be seeing exchanges built in the what they're calling it is the on-chain carbon market. So even if you were just a developer creating these buildings, you could always just take the carbon credits and tokenize them. And now people have a way to invest in them. Um, this one, and then Project Callus is basically what I do is I review proposals that go to Cardano. And if they're good and they meet the particular demands or challenges that Cardano is facing, they get funding. So there was one that was really cool that I just wanted to show you. It's pretty much the first carbon um, kind of like on-chain market. And it was pretty interesting. So we'll see if it gets passed here, but it's called Block Carbon. And I'm seeing this trend not only on Cardano. I mean, we've seen Toucan Protocol, we've seen Climadao, we're seeing Endrex, we're seeing a lot more blockchain carbon credit uh, oriented things. And Mark Cuban, I'm sure you've seen this, has even said that he's going to be investing in two of these protocols, Toucan and Clima, 50 grand every 10 days. So just to add some more reassurance to anybody seeing my channel or this video for the first time, it's definitely going this way. And, and I wanted to get Steve on here because hemp, hemp seems like one of the most timely materials for not only real estate, but especially for real estate, for other industries. Do you think that if hemp gets more popularized, we may see it disrupt some of these other industries like um, plastic, nylon, like the, the industries that maybe lobbied or tried to suppress the hemp in the first place? Absolutely. That's why they, they got rid of it, you know. But what was interesting, they brought it back in 1942 when we had a, a World War II. To, uh, they brought it back and then they outlawed it again. So when it was needed, that shows you that hemp is a very big commodity. But after the war, they outlawed it again. So, I mean, uh, sorry, I got, I got sidetracked there. No, that's a good point, man. I'm glad that you brought that up. That's interesting, huh? So it's like, when we really needed it, what material did we decide to use? It was hemp. So right. maybe we really need it right now too, especially with everything that's going on. I mean, I say it like this, you know, we're... The carbon credits allow a system that basically we're trying to get these companies that emit carbon and are bad for the environment to have a net zero game by having one carbon credit for every ton of carbon they're emitting. So that would make it net zero, but that's not good enough because the effects of carbon have been going on for years and it still bleeds over. So we really need to increase the cost of these, or people think we really need to increase the cost of these carbon credits. So that way it's actually more expensive to create carbon. And that's what's going to incentivize these companies that are creating carbon to actually reduce their emissions in total. That's why I think, yes, the companies will get disrupted for sure. Um, but what, like you said, these carbon credits that they're getting uh, you know, into carbon credits and incentivizing people to go green. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a perfect, it's a perfect timing. It's perfect like if people happen right now. So I think this carbon credit incentive will just escalate. Like 
massively once more people. So we want people to build more hemp homes because it's just going to be better for everyone. So the more people that are doing, the more you can study, the more uh, studies you can do and you can see how you can get efficient, how everything can go in the right direction. And uh, I think that's the answer, man. But we're like super early right now. I think in like 50 years, you're going yeah. to people back at this at this moment and like, wow, OK, that happened exactly as Steve and Jay Crypto predicted. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe I think you're right, obviously, because I'm putting a lot of my eggs in this basket, too. Um, so let's so, Steve, I know that you're on you're on a little bit of a schedule here. But we covered so much, man, and we're definitely going to ask you back on the channel in perpetuity as you go through this journey, because what we want to do is track the results, track the experiments of everything happening and be able to look back at like the history of crypto and innovation, carbon credit innovation, all these things like you were just mentioning, man, because with history, we can learn and we can execute differently or the same way, depending on the success or failures that other people you know, encounter and we can continue yeah, making the, everything better. So, so where exactly are you right now? What would you, obviously I showed people your Twitter, where can people find you, ask questions or support you even, and potentially give you research studies. Obviously people can comment anything down here, but like, what are you trying to find out? Where are you? What are your next steps? And like, what kind of takeaways can you leave as like final thoughts i'll give you all that all, the ball is in your court man but there's a lot of plays you can make from there yeah so right now where we're at we're obviously ground uh ground level we're doing our uh, research and development so we're looking into uh finding out about what what are the ins and outs of the carbon credits um how we can comply and uh be able to issue these carbon credits i think that's key uh, and doing what we're doing. Um, and then we, we are trying to develop a, a prototype home, just a small prototype home that we can uh, take numbers off of and, and kind of study that and, and show like uh, the local building officials and planning departments uh, what this hemp house is, what, what this structure is. And what state uh, is that in, if you don't mind sharing? I'm, yeah, I'm in Ohio. Ohio right now. So um, yeah, as far as being able to follow me, Twitter is probably the best. I don't have a social media presence right now, which is kind of doing work in the background. Um, so as time goes, uh, we'll we'll have more um, online exposure and give updates because we're just like scratching the surface right now. So just trying to get all the, our, all our ducks in a row. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. You know, we're just going to have some more information in a, in a few more weeks. Um, we'll have some more information of what the direction is and how we're going about doing what we're doing, our business plan and, and uh, development. Yeah, absolutely excited to uh, follow uh, Steve here on his journey because he's truly being kind of a pioneer, um, especially in the U.S. here with doing what he's doing. So definitely support him anyway but um i think the bigger thing right now is we're gonna be tracking 
things like are these going to be residuals what steve is hearing from these registries like vera or golden once they, obviously the lead time to getting noticed by them and hearing back from them can be difficult because these are large organizations and they may you know have a lot of people asking questions right now especially with all the stuff that's happening on chain i could see how they could be overwhelmed or overloaded but um as we get answers, we'll we'll give them to you guys here on the J Crypto channel, on the podcast, and wherever else you know we end up. Um, any any final takeaways or words, Steve? Thanks so much for coming on, man. We definitely would love to have oh, you Jake. on. Yeah, it's been an honor, and uh, I look forward to just keeping in touch with you and letting you know what's going on. One hundred percent, man. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> so. That's it for the J Crypto Show. Steve, I'll just uh, end the recording here. I'll talk to you for a few minutes and then um, we'll say our own internal goodbyes. But uh, yeah, feel free to check out Steve's Twitter. I'll put it in the description. Put some of the links I showed in the description. Ask us any questions. If I can't answer them, they're more real estate. Feel, I'll send them to Steve and we'll try to get some answers for you guys. So thanks so much. J Crypto, Steve, we're out. <laughs>